Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us on this Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. Duke basketball with a dominant victory last night over the Miami Hurricanes, and we're excited to break that game down with our good pal Connor O'Neill from Devils Illustrated on today's show. Duke victorious 84 to 55, their second largest win ever in program history. At Miami. So we got to talk all about that one and get you set for a pretty big game coming up this weekend as Duke goes to Winston-Salem to take on Wake Forest. If you have not done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Watch our show daily on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button to our YouTube channel. Really do appreciate all the support that you've got for us here on Lockdown Blue Devils. So without further ado, let's bring him on in. Really excited to be joined today by our pal, Connor O'Neill, after yet another victory for the Stuke basketball team. How are you, Connor? I'm all right. Um, I'm rested, uh, trying to get a little bit of time, not not time off, but like time not scrambling and trying to move, <laughs> move a million miles an hour. Uh, <laughs> cherish those days at this time of year. No kidding. No kidding. We're talking last week as the college baseball season's off and running, and here we are. It's uh, heating up in the basketball picture as well for what's set to take place down the back stretch. So we got to talk about that game last night for Duke. Uh, in the second segment here, we'll kind of dive into some of the more specific individual numbers that stood out. We'll talk about the Wake Forest game coming up as well. But just kind of big picture takeaways Duke, the question going in, whether or not Tyrese Proctor would be available. He was available. A question for Miami going in, what is the health status of some of their stars who did not play? I mean, what are some of the big takeaways that you've got from what we saw last night? Yeah, I mean, you know, not to take anything away from Duke, but I think where you start talking about this game is the fact that we went into it not knowing if either team would have their – Tyrese Proctor's kind of a point guard. He's kind of like he plays off the ball when Caleb Foster's in there. Both teams, basically, both teams were possibly going to be without their point guards um, when you boil it down. Like Tyrese Proctor coming off a concussion, missed the last game. Nigel Pack has been dealing with injuries off and on all year, playing through pain. Uh, Jim Laranega told us on Monday morning that while he was on the teleconference with ACC Media, Miami's medical staff was on a teleconference with Nigel and his family to discuss, like, what the best procedure moving forward would be, which did not sound like it was a type of conversation where, okay, we're just going to rest him for a game and then he'll be fine. Um, And then I I don't know who said it. Maybe uh, I I think it was in the like five to 10 minute out cut in that they did with Shulman and Billis where Shulman goes, Oh, hey, by the way, Matthew Cleveland's been sick and he might be out. Or, or maybe maybe it was a Rothstein tweet from, from the hour leading up to the game. But sure. My wires got crossed there, but it was like Duke got the guy back that they wanted to get back and needed to get back. Miami not only was without the guy that we thought they might not have, they were also without their four, who is a third-year wow. starter in ACC games. Wow. Like, you know, you, you remove two starters from a team, and uh, Duke fans know this, given the pit game at home. Uh, you take two starters off the team, and they're going to be a different team. 
So all, all that to say, um, you had to talk about the personnel that was out there and and kind of how limited Miami was. I mean, they started a guy that I had not heard of, the yeah. old Joe Bay guy. Um, they're playing guys that have played so minimal this year. And, you know, then you go to the what Pack and Cleveland mean to Miami. Um, you know, it's not like they're two breakout players that were just for, for the first time good. Like those are two leaders of their team. They're two guys that have been through a lot in their careers. So yeah. they looked really limited to me. And then, and then, you know, once you get past all that, it's this Duke team played the most complete game it's played all year, regardless of competition. Uh, they looked better last night in a road situation than they looked in any of those November and December home games against the mid majors. Um, they played great. And, and to kind of, to toot my own horn a little bit, um, I did say going into the game that uh, Duke had taken more threes than twos twice all year, and this will be the third time. And sure enough, 13 of 29 on three-pointers. Um, most they've made against an ACC team, tied for the most they've made in any game this year. Uh, they only took like 26 twos or 25 twos, I think. I was a little worried about it because I thought they were going to stop launching when it got out of hand there late. But yeah. You know, shouts out to Neil Begovich for getting one up, I think. And a couple other guys uh, got in there to get threes instead of long twos. So, yeah. Um, yeah, just complete a, performance. A thoroughly, yeah, just a thoroughly dominant performance. Love to see it from this Duke basketball team. Uh, again, the two guys out for Miami, Nigel Pack and Matthew Cleveland. It's a Miami team that has now lost five straight ACC games. Keep in mind, this is also a club that went all the way to the Final Four in the NCAA tournament a season ago. So a much different position than, are, than they are in. Cleveland and Pack combine for 28 points per game for the Hurricanes. Duke wins by a 29-point margin. So uh, Duke fans out there, do with that what you will. But to Connor's point, Duke was firing on all cylinders in last night's game that maybe if those guys are out there, it really doesn't make that big of a difference in terms of what that outcome would have been. Yeah, you still got to go out and make the shots. Like, yep. you, you know, this is this is always just the double-edged sword of playing teams that are shorthanded. It's it's late in the year, and everybody's banged up at this time. It's not like Kyle Filipowski and Mark Mitchell are going out there feeling like they're 100%. Sure. Um, like, football, basketball, even baseball coaches will tell you, like, this time of the season, this late, nobody is at 100% uh, feeling wonderful with every part of their body. But – you know, when you're when you're dealing with personnel, it gets a little different. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a great sign for this Duke team that has sometimes left you feeling like there was a little bit more in their tank. And uh, they, if if there was any more in their tank last night, I don't I don't think they're. I don't know. I, I don't know where like. That was a complete performance. I think that was the performance that people were kind of waiting on to see from this team for a while. Um, and, and they went out and did it on the road um, against a team that, again, we keep, I keep talking in this circle, but it's, it's, it's a team that was shorthanded, but it's also still an ACC team. Like It's still a team that has beaten some quality teams this year. Um, and, and Duke went out and beat them by 29 on their home court. 
I loved it. I'm one of those people who certainly was a big fan of what we saw last night in that one. Uh, A couple of big individual performances that we need to recognize from the game last night from Duke. And let's do that after we take our first break here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at eBay Motors. That's right. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you get your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. We begin to move forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson alongside my good friend Connor O'Neill from the Devils Illustrated. We're talking about last night's victory for Duke basketball over Miami. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can see our box score here. We'll be sure to point out some big numbers from Duke's win last night. Individually, who stood out from the Blue Devils, Connor? I think you you look at Jeremy Roach first just because he had one more point than than the next scorers. Um it's just so efficient and it's and it's what you've come to expect from him this year. Um 4 of 6 on threes, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. Uh he had two turnovers. I I don't specifically remember where those came in. I I feel like the turnovers really came in a rush uh in the second half when it was kind of already out of hand and Duke was running away with things. Um but you know, Billis and Shulman really hit it on the head, uh, and you could tell that, you know, that it, it was kind of passed on to them from John Shire, um, and and John in his post game comments echoed it. Jeremy Roach has had such a solid senior guard season, and it's something that I I, I don't think it's been completely ignored. Like he has gotten his flowers, um, maybe not to the extent that you would you would hope and expect and wish for, but. He's been so steady and so solid. And right. I actually, I, I pointed it out in the preview. Um, his scoring average is higher on the road in, than it is, in, in ACC games than it is on the season. I think he's averaging about 15.8 points a game in ACC road games. So it's, it's exactly what you want and what you need out of a, out of a player that has experienced the things he has, who is kind of the only player on this roster that is, has experienced the things that he has to the totality that with, with which he has uh, gone through them. So that's number one. And then number two, the forwards, like if, if you're going to get a combined 30 points on 10 of 14 shooting and uh, all the other stuff that comes with it, 11 rebounds, uh, six assists, I think they had four combined blocks uh, flip with three of them. If you're going to get that from Mark Mitchell and Kyle Filipowski, you're you're not going to lose too many games. Like I go back to, um, you know, it'll it'll be sour for this mention of it, but um, when Duke played at Carolina, and it's like you you did Duke did kind of a good job in shutting down R.J. Davis and took him away for the most part until the last 
eight or nine minutes of that game. And John Shire was asked about that in the post game, and he just said, "Well, if if Baycott and Ingram are going to go for forty six, it doesn't really matter what we right. can do with Um I go to uh, we can we can use this as a little bit of a segue for later, but in Duke's win against Wake Forest ten or eleven days ago, you say, okay. Um, I'm not sure which guard of Duke's didn't have the greatest game in that one, but that was a Mark Mitchell and Kyle Filipowski combined for 44 points. And right. you can get away with not getting a ton of points out of your guards in that game. And Proctor had been scoreless in that one in the 25 minutes before getting hurt. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's just when, when you're going to get efficient nights out of both of those guys – I don't know what it takes for Duke to lose a game, but it's going to take a lot. Like it's it's going to take a really bad performance from the rest of the backcourt uh, to to lose a game when those two are going off and and playing efficiently the way that they did. Incredible night shooting the basketball for Duke. To your point a little bit earlier, they tie their season high with 13 makes from the outside. Roach had four of them. Caleb Foster had three of them. Fresh off a career high of 35 points, Jared McCain only has seven and one make from three-point range. If you told us that going into the game, we're certainly not as confident that Duke would have been able to do something like that. But I think it's important also for us to recognize, Connor, two guys coming off the bench for this Duke team. We could kind of extend that forward conversation uh, to Duke's work on the glass off the bench. In 11 minutes, Sean Stewart has seven rebounds for the Blue Devils. In 10 minutes, Ryan Young had nine. Like, wow, those guys came in and uh, kind of changed the game. I did not realize Ryan Young had nine rebounds in 10 minutes. Crazy. That is incredible. <laughs> um, and two assists. And he's just – he's the ultimate hustle player. And talk about a player that ha- doesn't get his roses all the time, uh, especially from, from Duke fans. Um, he takes a, a lot of criticism, but – and some of it's warranted. Like he, he is who he is. Um, I get, I get the Sean Stewart love. Um, he had uh, Jordan, my podcast Jordan host, man, yes, Big J, Little J. Uh, he brought up Sean Stewart's like rebounds per forty minutes is just something ridiculous, and uh, we had some fun with that earlier this week. But yeah, the those two, if, if you, you know, I I bring up the if you're getting uh label with flip and mark playing efficiently if you're getting 16 rebounds off your bench um number one the other team's probably missing a lot of shots right or or you're missing a lot of shots can't confirm Um, yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and uh that's that's also going to win you some games i love it good stuff from those guys coming off the bench a lot of energy plays uh, that went the long way for Duke. On the glass total, Duke out-rebounded Miami 42-31. Again, Roach led the way with 16 points. Filipowski and Mitchell each had 15 on only seven shot attempts. Like, to your point, Duke was shooting a lot of shots from three-point range. Didn't have to go inside as much. Uh, but uh, I think that's kind of helped Kyle Filipowski be a little bit more efficient uh, in some ways that there aren't as many forced shots as of late as Duke has been on this big run. His threes yesterday were exactly what you want to see him taking. Um, I, gosh, he must have had four or five pick-and-pop threes in the first game against Carolina. He had a bunch of them in the in the next week against Notre Dame and BC, and they just weren't falling. But, like, 
last night the transition three where I think it was Roach coming up in uh, on the fast break, found him on the wing in front of Miami's bench, and that's a that's good, good shot to take. That that transition threes, like John Shires talked about it a few times this year. Those are those are Duke threes. Those are Duke shots, is is what he calls them. Those are the shots that you take in rhythm and you make. And like Duke is is playing most of the time with five players on the court that can shoot threes and that have, they have confidence in shooting threes. Um, they just, you, you don't need to see Kyle Filipowski taking six or seven of them every game. Without a doubt, big stuff from the Stuke basketball team. And now they've got another big test coming up as uh, they go on the road to take on Wake Forest. We'll preview that here in just a little bit. Uh, after we take this next time out, but just these past two games going to the state of Florida, uh, you're kind of thinking in your head, okay, a trip down there, now you got to fly back to North Carolina, fly back down to Miami. Like there was an opportunity uh, for Duke to kind of stumble along the way there, Connor, but credit to this team that's got several guys coming back from last year that probably remembers what happened in Coral Gables last season uh, because uh, they really handled that Florida swing quite well. Yeah, the term, I believe it was flip. It might have even been lively, too. Um, last year, after they beat Miami in the ACC tournament, they were making the point, like, they they punked Duke last year in Miami. Like, they Norchad O'Meara hit two threes in the first five minutes, and Miami turned that into a route. And I think the final score was a 22-point margin, and it felt like it was 30 because it probably was 30 for a lot of that game. So it was – and there was a there was a post game clip put out by Duke social media last night of uh, Kyle Filipowski getting interviewed by Jared McCain and some kind of weird little potato thing. And uh, I'll have to I, I don't know the story on that one. I'm also not a 19 year old kid, but um, <laughs> a positive uh, potato it was. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to get the story on that one. But um, Filipowski said something to Tyrese about like we we owed these guys one, and I was thinking like. You beat them in the last matchup. What do you owe them for? But yeah, I think they were still thinking about the game that they went down there last year and <laughs> and kind of got humbled, got walloped. That was yep. uh, quite a performance from Miami in that one. All right, let's take our last break of today's show, and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about Wake Forest and what's next for the Stuke basketball team right here on Locked On Blue Devils. Locked on Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Of course, we're talking about America's number one sports book where you can get all of the buckets on your first bet. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 to you if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. Fresh off the All-Star break, the NBA is back in action tonight on this Thursday. 12 games highlighted tonight, of course, by the Lakers and Warriors. Good stuff that you could check out online. So just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel is an official sportsbook partner of the NBA and the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Blue Devils here today. Once again, Connor O'Neill is here with me from the Devils Illustrated. Promote your work, if you will, Connor, ahead of a big week because uh, not only do you have the Duke perspective, you also do good work with Wake Forest. Let the Duke fans know a little bit about that and what they can expect. Yeah, so duke.rivals.com is Devils Illustrated. That's my site. 
Uh, there's a quick breakdown from last night's game. There's some message board posts furthering uh, discussion about it. Um, we've got recruiting intel as it comes and, and in-depth previews. Um, that's going to be the key one going into the Wake game because I, I know both teams uh, intimately. I mean, these are the two teams that I major in throughout the year. So if you want to check out the other site, that's uh, wakeforest.rivals.com. And uh, there's there's unbiased coverage of them too. So hope you check hope you check out the Devils Illustrated yeah. account uh, site. But feel free to venture over there onto Deacons Illustrated too. In some ways, this is fun because it's the same game, same writer that's taking a look at you know kind of the perspective for both of these teams going into it. Duke, as we said, has won 16 of their last 18 games. Uh, Wake Forest still remains in the top half of the ACC. At large, we saw these two teams play in Cameron Indoor, what, nine or ten days ago, and, and now they're back in action once again. What will tell the story in this one, do you think? I think the first thing I'm looking at is which five gets in foul trouble first. Um, that in the, in the game in Durham, that was Wake's Efton Reed. He was plus six in that game, uh, but he only played 15 minutes because he picked up five fouls. Um, a foul every three minutes is is a pretty bad recipe when you're your team's defensive anchor. And like I said, they were they were plus six with him on the court. They were minus fourteen without him. So if he's in foul trouble again, I mean, and the the, the double edged sword of this is the game after Duke. He went to Virginia and played thirty six minutes and played great. Um, was was wonderful inside. And then against Pitt, they blow Pitt out by thirty three this week. He only played 18 minutes and fouled out. So there's there's a lot of Jekyll and Hyde to Efton Reed right now, and it has to do with his foul situation. And then on the other side of the coin, we've seen Kyle Filipowski get in foul trouble plenty of times this year. Uh, and we've seen that affect him very much negatively from the mental approach and and seen it really torpedo his, his game sometimes. So I kind of – I. In my perfect world, neither one of them would be in foul trouble and they'd just be able to go back and forth sure. all game because they're two really talented players. But you also know that they're two guys that like being physical and they're going to bang around down there and one or both of them is bound to get affected by a call or two going against them. So that's that's number one that I would keep an eye on in this game. So you're down there in the post. Now let's go to the perimeter. Let's talk about the outside. It's a Duke basketball team that just tied their season high and makes from three-point range. Great shooting performance from the Blue Devils against Miami. They shot it pretty well against Wake Forest uh, in the first time around at home. Duke's defense of the three-point line has been pretty impressive here in the month of February, and that goes all the way back to that matchup in Cameron where, what, Connor, Wake Forest misses their first 11 makes from three-point range in that game. I don't know that that will happen once again. I'd be really, <laughs> really stunned if Wake starts that poorly from the outside. But I do think the three-point line could tell a story in this matchup like it did in the first one. Yeah, so that's number two. I mean, Wake's – you'd want to talk about Jekyll and Hyde with F and talk about Jekyll and Hyde with Wake's three-point shooting. Their, their last six road games, they're shooting about 24% from behind Yikes. the arc. Yikes. Their last five home games in this in the same stretch, like last 11 games total, the five are at home. They've shot 50% on threes. Oh, uh, wow. It, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's a 26% difference. Um, it, it's That's just unreal. 
Uh, they had a game against Louisville where they hit 18 of them, and it's just kind of like, okay, well, that's Louisville. They're they're down at the bottom of the conference for a reason, and then they had a game like, against Duke where they couldn't make anything to start. They, yeah. they were like 12 for 19 against Syracuse and scored 99 on them. They were, I think, I think it was 10 for 20 the other night, and that was with two misses by guys deep into the bench. Like they were, they were over 50 percent for all intents and purposes. Uh, against Pitt, so how how well these teams play the three point line? Um, Duke being hot, Wake being hot at home, Duke's defense being really good at running you off the three point line. Wake's defense uh, wants to take three pointers away from you. Like they'll play, they've mixed up their ball screen coverages when they in in the last like three or four weeks they for the first three months of the year, we're playing almost all drop coverage, which means basically, hey, we'll give you the 18-footer. We just don't want you to be able to kick it to an open shooter and and you get us for three points. Um, They've mixed that up a little bit, and Duke saw them mixing it up a little bit. Um, But, yeah, I I go into this, you know, the the first game, uh, Wake was six for 26 on threes, and Duke was seven for 25. So that's a what eleven for fifty one. That was a Monday night. Both teams were dead ass tired. I thought in the first <laughs> half. Uh, I kind of hate the Monday night games because it always feels like it's a little bit worse uh, production. Like it's just it's a worse product. Right. It's done for the sake of ESPN and ratings. I think both teams in this one. I I, I think we'll see a lot more makes from three. Oh. I don't. I don't I don't think I'm going out too far on a limb there to say these teams will combine for more than 11 made threes in this one. Excited to see it play out on Saturday again there in Winston-Salem. Wake Forest is the home team. Our last question, Connor, uh, in regards to this game, and I'll come back and I'll have more thoughts on the Friday podcast here, uh, previewing this matchup. But from the Wake Forest perspective in this, you talk about motivation for the game at hand. How big is this one? I mean, we're running out of games at this point for teams that want to make the NCAA tournament. We're watching the ESPN broadcast last night. They're putting up percentages of chances that the teams in the league can make it. And Duke's at 100%. The Blue Devils are fine. Uh, They'd obviously love to go and and win an ACC regular season title, but there's got to be some motivation for Wake Forest knowing how big of an opportunity this is for them to bring Duke back to their place. It's it's tricky because with Wake, like that's all the outside noise. That's all the fans want to talk about is they have to win this game to be on the right side of the bubble. Um, if they win this one, then they can talk about winning however many of the next ones to get a seed line that that doesn't put them as an underdog in their first game or moves them out of Dayton. Right. But this is the one they've got to have. Um, you know, they get Clemson at the end of the year. Maybe Clemson's in the top thirty because it's a home game. Uh, they go to Virginia Tech next week, which is still a quad one road game for teams. But again, like this is the one. Um, but Steve has been pretty clear with us that he does not want his team paying attention to all the quad talk. He does not want them dialed into if we don't win this game, then we're going to have to go win three games or four games in D.C. and get the automatic bid. Like they, they very much want to stay focused on getting the number four spot in the ACC, getting the double buy and setting themselves up to have a good ACC tournament. And, and that's in play. Like they're this week by beating Pitt, uh, they moved ahead of Pitt. They went into the week as a three-way tie between Wake, Pitt and NC State. 
NC State drops a home game to Syracuse and Wake beats Pitt. So they're they're fourth place all alone right now. And and that's kind of where they're coming at it, not not from the you know, all all eggs are in this basket to win against Duke in home and uh have that signature win. Duke.rivals.com. Go check it all out. A good preview coming up for Wake Forest. He's on X at Connor O'Neill underscore DI. And you know this means at this point, I'm going to have to have you back on next week. Just for the simple fact alone, great story time with you last time about after the game is over, you're not following the players to go chat with them, waiting for the coaches to extend. You could have made – I'm curious how the whole day unfolds for you once again now that you get a do over there in Winston. I'll have to have a better performance this time around. (laughs) Best of luck to you, Connor. Excited to uh, chat again soon. Thanks for being here. Thanks, JJ. All right, that's Connor O'Neill joining us here from Devils Illustrated, and that does it for our episode here today of Lockdown Blue Devils. Be sure to follow and subscribe to our podcast for free. Wherever you get them, we will have Connor on again next week. we got to break down the Duke and Wake Forest game. Hopefully it's a win for the Blue Devils. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.